Welcome, and thank you for listening to the Miami Vineyard Podcast. We hope this message encourages you, breathes life into you, and helps you experience God's love. Enjoy the message. Hey, Miami Vineyard, so good to be with you. So good to be with those who've been joining us online today. Hey, can we make some noise in welcoming our online Vineyard family? Come on, let's make some noise. Welcome them in today. Hey, and while we're at it, can we make some noise and celebrate with those who are baptized today? Come on. Between our three weekend services, one last night and then two today, we'll be baptizing over 60 people this weekend. So that's really cool. Go God. God is on the move. So this weekend, we are beginning a brand new series that we're called Encountering Jesus. And it's going to be a great series. And so we come up with these series titles and ideas, you know, a couple of months ago, and we came up with this one, and we thought, you know, Encountering Jesus would be a cool name. But as we've come to find out, Encountering Jesus is apparently more common than we thought. Uh, some people have been encountering Jesus in all kinds of crazy ways. Uh, for example, notice this picture coming up here on screen. Somebody encountered Jesus on an iron. Look at that. That's an actual picture of, of what happened under iron. I guess some people do anything you get out ironing. Here's one. Look, look at the next one. They encountered Jesus on a frying pan. Are you kidding me? I mean, that's an actual picture. I heard they were making picadillo. So it's not really Jesus, it's Jesus. And then let me give you one more. Look, look at this one. Look at this last one. That's a grilled cheese. I'm just saying, if I was making a grilled cheese and it turned out like that, I'd be a little freaked out. Don't you think? I mean, that'd be like, that'd be like really weird. And, you know, if we think about it, when people had encounters with Jesus back in his day, or think about it today, if Jesus was here today and you'd meet him personally and have an encounter with Jesus... I mean, what do you do? I mean, that's kind of, kind of weird, kind of freaky. Do you give him a fist bump? Do you, do you take a selfie? I mean, it, it'd be kind of weird. But listen, I want to relieve those fears today, because what we're going to see in this series, that this series is going to take us all the way up to Easter. We're going to be looking at different encounters that Jesus had with people, and for every one of those encounters, their lives changed. In fact, it was so amazing. It was a life-changing encounter. This weekend, I'm going to kick off this series by looking at an encounter he had with someone named Zacchaeus. And we're going to see that even though Zacchaeus' life may not be exactly like ours, there are a whole lot of things in Zacchaeus' life that intersect with our lives today. So I'd love for you to do something right now. I'd love for you to locate some message notes. Message notes are all virtual. You can find them on our Miami Vineyard app. So if you don't have the app downloaded yet, our app downloaded, you can simply go to your app store, search Miami Vineyard. It's a free download. Or if in the room today, scan this QR code that's in the seat back in front of you, download the app. Once you get the app downloaded, tap on this weekend, message notes. This weekend, message notes. And you can find the message notes. You can also get a copy of the notes right here. They're at the back of the pub tables. Just go to the back, pick one of these up, and uh, they're there for you as well if you want to have a hard copy. So here's the deal. With every one of us in this room and joining me online, Every one of us has something in common. You know what it is? We're all paying too much for eggs. <laughs> no, no, here, 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 here it is. Every one of us, I don't care your age, I don't care your ethnicity, I don't care how 
what your bank account is, every one of us, every human being has this in common. To one degree or another, we all wrestle with value. We all wrestle with insecurity. We all wrestle with worth. Every one of us does. Every human being does. We all wrestle with this. And listen, living in Miami doesn't do us any favors because Miami just presses you and pushes you and says, Miami says you have worth based upon appearance and affluence and achievements and, a, and approval from others. But God says our worth doesn't come from any of those things. God says our worth comes from knowing Jesus and what Jesus says about us. That's where our worth comes from. And so as we look at this and we see when we understand this, it changes everything. And so we're going to pick up the story about Zacchaeus. And so if you have the message notes, it'll be on screen, your Bible, Luke chapter 19. Pick up the story of Zacchaeus. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowds. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree beside the road so he could watch from there. So we'll get more to the story here in just a minute. But Zacchaeus, it would seem like this guy Zacchaeus on the surface had it all together. The Bible says he was very affluent. He had a lot of money. But have we realized that just because somebody looks like they have it all together on the outside, they don't always have it all together on the inside. And Zacchaeus struggled with insecurity and self-worth just like the rest of us for several reasons. First of all, he didn't like his appearance. The Bible says he was short. I mean, really short. I mean, Kevin Hart short. <laughs> In fact, commentators tell us, historians tell us, that he was the shortest guy in the whole city of Jericho. That's pretty short. This was one short dude. He hated the fact that he was short. You know what else is true about Zacchaeus? He's not very well liked. He's not liked by anybody. He's got zero friends on Facebook. Why? Because he was a chief tax collector. Now, if you're a tax collector, even today, <laughs> tax collectors aren't anybody's favorite people. But back in the day, tax collectors were hated for a couple of reasons. First of all, Everybody knew that the tax collector would collect the tax that was required, but they would collect more, and they would pad their pockets with the money. But not only that, Zacchaeus was a Jew. He was collecting taxes from his own people and giving them to the hated Roman government who were in charge. Hated him. He was hated by his own people. He was extorting money from his own Jews' people. And furthermore, Zacchaeus... When you were a Jew back in that day, the culture of the day, temple, going to church, was a huge part of your world. It's just part of the community, part of what you do. But if you worked for the Roman government, as Zacchaeus did, you couldn't go to church even if you wanted to. Zacchaeus was marginalized. He was excluded. He had money. But on the inside, he was not happy at all. He was not liked by others. He didn't like himself. Under the surface, he's a lonely, unhappy guy. But in one single moment, in one single encounter, his life is transformed. What happens? Jesus shows up and changes everything. We pick up more of the story. Luke chapter 19 says this. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down, for I must be a guest at your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. 
Now let's get a little backstory here to this, this, this encounter because Zacchaeus, when, when, when Jesus shows up, Jesus is becoming very popular by this time. I mean, when Jesus shows up, there's, and people know about it ahead of time, I mean, hundreds and hundreds, dare I say, thousands of people would show up to see Jesus. It's like, it's like if LeBron James was walking through Dolphin Mall and everybody knew about it. You think there'd be some people there? Oh, yeah. There'd be some people there. So there's, there's hundreds and hundreds of people around. And Zacchaeus is this, is this I don't know, short guy? I mean, how, sh- how, how short? I don't know. He's really short. He couldn't see above the crowd. So he, he climbs up in this tree to get a look at, at Jesus. And Jesus has all these people, and yet he sees Zacchaeus. And out of all the people, Jesus said, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today, the crooked tax collector. Now, what is happening? Why that guy? Because Jesus knew what was happening in Zacchaeus' life. He knows what's happening in his life. He knows what's going under the surface. And Jesus said, I know you can't come to church, so I'm going to bring church to you. And in this story, we can see three powerful truths about Jesus and about us. So here we go. If you're taking notes today, I want to give you three truths. Here we go quickly. Here's the first one. No matter how small I feel, Jesus sees me. Even though Zacchaeus is a really wealthy guy, he's very lonely, and he wants to see Jesus. But as we said, he's so short, he can't see him, so, so he climbs a tree. And this is not the only tree. I'm sure there are many trees around the path Jesus went down, the road, the dirt path. I'm sure there were many people in the trees. And Zacchaeus doesn't want to be seen. He's hated by people. He knows he's hated by people. He does not want to be seen. He wants to see Jesus, but he doesn't want Jesus seeing him. He's trying to hide. He always was hiding. He didn't want anybody to see him. I'm sure when Jesus walked by that tree, there's other people in the tree. He's probably hiding behind a branch. He's hiding behind somebody else. He's, he's, Zacchaeus is hiding. He doesn't, want, he doesn't want Jesus to find him. But Jesus sees him. Jesus sees him, and Jesus, Jesus calls him by name, Zacchaeus. And I'm sure Zacchaeus is looking around. Is there somebody else here named Zacchaeus? Because like, he can't be talking to me. I'm a crooked tax collector. There's no way he's talking to me. I'm little. I'm nobody. I'm short. I'm overlooked. I'm insignificant. Everybody hates me. Surely he can't be calling my name. But he is. He sees me. He sees me. Now question, why did Jesus stop at that particular tree? There's a whole lot of trees he could have stopped at. Was he tired? No. He stopped there because he knew exactly where Zacchaeus was. And you know what's true? He knows exactly where you are today. Now, I don't know what you might be going through, but I'll tell you who does. Jesus does. He sees you. He sees you. He sees you. He knows you. Some of you might be up a tree financially. You might feel like you're out on a limb relationally. You might feel like you're in a hole spiritually. You might feel, you might feel today that you've got a lot of people around you, but nobody sees you. Nobody really knows you. But I'm telling you today, Jesus does. He sees you. He sees you. He notices you. He loves you. There's never been a moment of your life that he hasn't seen you. And God knows where you're at this moment. He knows what's going on in your life. In fact, God knows what you did last night. Some of you are going, I'm not so sure I wanted to know what I did last night. He knows what you did last night. He knows what you did the night before, the night before, the night before. He sees everything. He knows you. He knows you. 
He's seen everything that happened to you. He's seen every word of abuse that might have been spoken to you. He's seen every injustice that was done to you. And can I say that Jesus hurts with you? He does. He hurts with you. He sees you. He feels you. He loves you. And God has not forgotten about you. No matter how insignificant you feel, God loves you. And he sees you. You know, so much of what we do at this church is taking this message outside of these walls of this building and taking it to the community and letting the community know that there is a God who loves you, that there is a God who sees you. Because most people don't think that about God. Do you realize that your family and your friends, Jesus is not on their radar screen. He's just not. They're going through life, doing life, doing life, doing whatever. But Jesus is not anywhere on their radar screen. And if he was on their radar screen, they wouldn't think he loved them very much. They would think he's about, he's about all the bad stuff you've done. So what we do is we love to take the message of the love of Jesus out to, this, out to the streets. So one of the things we love to do is, is we love to take ice-cold bottles of water, and we love to go to busy intersections. On a Saturday morning, light turns red. We have these big signs. Free water, free water, free water. And we say both languages, free, so people get it. <laughs> and people roll on their window, and the first question they ask is, how much? We said it's free three times, because nobody thinks anything's free. There's always a catch, right? There's no catch. And we say to them, listen, God's love is free, and so is this water. They're just driving to Publix, and all of a sudden... Somebody stopped me and told me God's love is free. They're just You can see a look on their face like, what just happened? God did. That's what just happened. We, we have big signs. Another outreach. We have big signs that says dollar car wash. Dollar car wash. People pulling in for a dollar car wash. They think they're going to get the car wash for a dollar. We wash their car for free and then give them a dollar. And their minds are, poof. Like, what just happened? Because you know what people think. They think all, you know, then they find out it's a church and we do the dollar car wash right out here in this parking lot. And they go, what is this place? Well, well, it's a church. Because people think all the church wants is your money. So when they get a dollar, their minds, we do all kinds of things. Listen, we're doing this this coming Saturday morning. You meet here on campus, 10 a.m. to noon. We would love to have you join us. We call it Serve Day. Bring the whole family. There's activities for kids and all kinds of stuff going on. Bring the whole family. Serve day. You can sign up for serve day on the app. That app that you have open right there, you can sign up for serve day. But if you don't sign up, you can still show up. Show up for serve day and join us 10 o'clock this Saturday. It's some of the most fun you ever had. Just letting people know that God loves them. No strings attached. It's, it's, it's so much fun. So three truths about today. The story today. No matter how small I feel, Jesus sees me. Here's the second truth. If you're taking notes, no matter who ignores me, Jesus knows me. He sees me, he knows me. You know, one of the joys of pastoring a church this size is that I get to know so many people. But one of the problems of pastoring a church this size is remembering all your names, especially now that I'm 35. But I really appreciate the kindness you all extend to me. <laughs> Give me your names over and over again so I can know your names. But when I think about eight billion people on the planet and Jesus knows everybody's name it just poof, 
I can't even fathom that. He not only knows everybody's name, he knows their game. He knows their life. He knows about them. Eight billion people. And think about this guy, Zacchaeus. He's been ridiculed. He's been rejected his whole life. First because of his size, then later because of his job, a tax collector. And Jesus comes along. In verse 5, he says, Jesus looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said. Think about it. I wonder, when was the last time Zacchaeus was called by his name? Well, he was called by lots of other stuff, but not by his name. I mean, he was called everything in the book. Scoundrel, crook, traitor, shorty. But Jesus looks up at him and calls him Zacchaeus. Do you know what Zacchaeus means? Zacchaeus means pure one. And you're going, how does that make any sense? This guy was a crook. It's, it's, it's like if, if someone was clumsy and being named Grace, or a bald man being named Harry, or a disagreeable mother-in-law named Dulce. Jesus calling this guy pure one? What is he doing? It's very intentional. Here's what he's doing. Jesus is affirming his potential rather than pointing out his past. That's what Jesus is doing. He's saying, Zacchaeus, I know you've done these things. I know you're crooked. I know you're stealing from people. But that's not what I'm focusing on. I'm focusing on who you are and who you can be rather than where you've been and what you've done. He's affirming him. He's affirming the value as a human being, as someone God deeply loves. Jesus looks at him and doesn't point out all of his flaws. Instead, he says, you are someone, Zacchaeus, that has value. I'm coming to your house for dinner tonight. Now, follow me on this. Because one of the biggest reasons your friends and your family are afraid to come to church and afraid to get to know God, and afraid to get to know Jesus, are because of this. They think that if I get close to Jesus, or if I get close to God, he's just going to hammer me about all the stuff I've done, I've done wrong. Just a long laundry list of things I've done wrong. And I'm telling you, that's not what Jesus is going to do. He's going to say, I see you. I know you. And I love you. That's what Jesus does. But Pastor Kevin... What about the sin? I mean, this guy's crooked. What about his sin? Doesn't he care about the sin? Absolutely, he cares about the sin. But that's not where he starts. He starts with value and he starts with worth. Think with me for just a moment. How, if we would do this, be like Jesus, how this would play out in our lives as we find ourselves in this polarized culture that we find ourselves living in right now, it's one of the most polarized times I can remember. You got people polarized with politics. You got people polarized with race. You got people polarized with so many things. Instead of, instead of focusing on the things we differ on, how about focusing on the fact that that person I'm speaking to right now is a person God created, made in his image, and I value their worth because Jesus does. What a difference that would make in our world and our lives. What a difference that would make in our city that if we as followers of Jesus would start that way instead of the other way. But let me tell you today, no matter what anybody else has said about you, no matter what any names anybody else has called you, you'll never amount to anything. You're a failure. You're dumb. You're uncoordinated. You're a waste. I wish you'd never been born. 
regardless of the things, it doesn't matter what anyone says about you because God knows your name. He sees the potential in you. He sees you. He knows you. And here's the third one if we're taking notes. No matter what I've done, Jesus wants me. He sees me. He knows me. He wants me. He wants me. He wants me. See, here's what happens to us most of the time. When we mess up, and we also mess up, when we mess up, do we run to God or away from God? Almost every time we run away. We run away from the very one who can forgive and can restore and can breathe life into us. We run away, we hide. We see it all the time. It happens with everybody. It's called human nature. We see it play out in the very first man, very first woman, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. They're hiding. They messed up. They messed up. And they're hiding. And God comes along. And maybe it's just me, but don't you, I just wish we had YouTube of the Bible. Like, what was it really like? Like, we got the print, right? But we don't have, like, the, the video. I wish we had the video. So Adam and Eve, they mess up. They're hiding from God because that's what we do. We hide. We run away from God. They're running away from God. And God comes along, and all we have is the, the words, but we don't know how they were said. Like, God comes along and says, Adam, where are you? Okay, that's, that's the words, as if God didn't know where he was. Of course, God knew where he was. But how did God say that? Did he say, Adam, where are you? Or did he say, Adam, where are you? Adam, I love you. Adam, I see you, and I know you, and I want you. Adam, I love you. I want to forgive you. I want to restore you. I want to redeem you. I want you to reach your fullest potential that I've made, made for you. Adam, I want, I want all this for you. I want all this for you. You know, there was a time in my life when I did not believe what I'm just telling you today. What I'm teaching today, I didn't believe it. I was a Christian for years. I was a pastor for years. Because when I read that story in Genesis about Adam and Eve... When I saw the words, where are you, what I heard was, Kevin, where are you? I saw some of you just flinch right there like, that's what I heard. But as I studied the Bible, and as I learned, and as God changed this and changed this, I realized that God wasn't saying it that way. God is saying, Kevin, where are you? God is saying this to you today, where are you? I love you. I want you. I want to forgive you. I want to restore you. I want to bring you back to your fullest potential. God is on our side. God is in our corner. God loves you. God loves you. And here's what he's saying to you. He's saying, yes, 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 you've blown it. Yes, you made a mess of things. But that does not change for one minute the way I feel about you. No matter what you've done, Jesus wants you. Amen. He wants you. Now, look, let me talk to some of you today that have been a Christian for a number of years, okay? So if you're new to the faith, if you're new to following Jesus, if you're not a believer yet, you're just checking out who Jesus is, okay, you don't have to pay attention right now. I'm talking to those of you that have been followers of Jesus for a little while, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, okay. Now, look, I've seen this happen over and over and over again. So we tell ourselves, once we become a follower of Jesus, 
I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm all in. I'm going to follow him. And then life happens. And we do things that we said we would never do. Happens. We do things we said we'd never do. I'm never going to get divorced. And we get divorced. I'm never going to have an affair. And we have an affair. I'm never going to do drugs, pornography, you name it. And we, go, we do that. We, we do what we said we would never do. Now, here's what I've seen. We know as followers of Jesus that God forgives everything. And so you, you're fine with that. God forgives me. I'm cool with that. But here's what I've seen Christians do. Yes, they're forgiven, but they don't feel they're completely restored. Because before that happened, I was moving on with God, and God was here, and I had potential, and we were going to do all this, but now this happened, and they, can never, they don't feel like they can ever be restored. See, before it happened, I was got on God's A-team, and that this happened. I did something I thought I would never do, and I can never be on God's A-team again. I get to be on God's B-team. Can I tell you, God doesn't have an A-team or a B-team. God has a G-team. It's called God's team. That's all God has. Some of you, you are limiting yourselves from being everything God wants you to be because you went through X, Y, Z, whatever that was. You're limiting yourself. And God is telling you today, not only do I forgive you, but I restore you. I restore you. I restore you. Now, are there consequences to sin? Yes. Do we live with the consequences of those choices we've made? Yes. There's consequences. But God forgives and God restores. Do not limit yourself. Do not sell yourself short because there is a God who restores. So Jesus goes to Zacchaeus' house for dinner, this crooked tax collector. He said, what, what, what do you think they ate? I don't know. I'm just playing. I wish I knew. I always ask myself crazy questions like that. What do you think they talked about? Politics? TikTok? The Miami Heat? I don't know. We don't know exactly the conversation they had. But you know what we do know? We know the results of the conversation. Look at this last verse in your outlines. Zacchaeus stood there at his home and said to Jesus, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord. And if I have overcharged people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. At this point, they're all hoping he overcharged them for the taxes. And Jesus said to Zacchaeus, Dude, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a son of Abraham. And I, the son of man, have come to seek and to save those like him who are lost. This guy experienced the transformational forgiveness of Jesus Christ, the restoration of Jesus Christ. Only Jesus can give this. This guy's life was changed in this one moment. You could see the change. I want to give it all away. I want to follow you, Jesus. I want to give it all away. He experienced that day that Jesus sees him, knows him, and wants him. Jesus sees you, knows you, and wants you. Would you pray with me today? Would you bow your heads for just a moment? Would you pray with me today?
This is just a moment to connect with God right now. Because Jesus is here. He's in this room. He's joining you in your space online. He's here. Some of you are sensing it. Some of you are feeling it. Some of you today, you, you, you heard things that you've never heard before. Or maybe you heard them again and it was like you were hearing again for the first time. Listen, God's on the move. He's on the move in this space and in this place right now. And I want to just invite you to open up your heart and open up your mind to the presence of Jesus in this room right now. And I, and I want to speak to just two groups of people right now. The first group is this. You're the group where you've been following Jesus for some time, but something happened in your life. You did something that you said you would never do. You participated in something you said you would never participate in. You said so, so, something, something. And you have limited yourself. God is saying to you today, I love you. I want you. I see you. I know you. And I want to restore you. Some of you today, you are taking off the limitations you placed on yourself. You are getting off of God's B team and you are going back on God's A team because that's where he wants you. Others of you today, there's some of you in the room and online where this, you're going, whoa, Pastor Kevin, this is... This is a Jesus I've, wow, I've not even heard before. There's something in you. There's something in you that he wants me. He sees me. He knows me. Yes. And listen, if there's never been a time in your life where you've responded to Jesus and you said yes back to him, then I'm praying that right here, right now could be this moment. I'm going to pray a prayer out loud. But you pray it inside. You don't get to pray it out loud. Just pray it inside and say, Jesus, today... I say yes to you. Today, Jesus, something is happening. I, Jesus, I, I believe that you want me. I believe you see me. I believe you know me. Jesus, today, I say yes to you. I say yes to following you. Jesus, I want this life that you offer, this newness that you offer, that Zacchaeus experienced. I want this, Jesus, in my life. Today, Jesus, I say yes to you. God, I thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and our lives in this space and in our space online right now. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining in today. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to leave a review, subscribe to this channel, and share with a friend. We'd also love the chance to connect with you. You can text the word NEW to 786-705-8930. Again, that's NEW to 786-705-8930. And we'll give you some next steps with how to plug in and get connected here at Miami Vineyard. We hope you have an amazing week. And thanks again for listening.